Hey, I'm Dave Cornoyer, and this is the Daybird Podcast. We're happy to share this preview of our latest episode of the Daybird Podcast. If you want to hear the full episode, subscribe to the Daybird Substack at daybird.substack.com/slash subscribe. <laughs> We are recording this episode on July 12th, 2023, and as always, I'm joined by our producer, Adam Rosenhart. Hello, Adam. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing well. How are you? I can't complain. The, yeah? The heat, the summer, it's a good time to be uh, out and about. You know, uh, I'm a big fan of the winter. In, yes, I know. In, you know, I love skiing, yeah. but I have to say, summertime is a fantastic time to be in Edmonton, a good time to be in Alberta. Yeah. It's great. We've been spending a lot of time outside. Um, in the garden, traveling around around Edmonton, and you know, only the past couple of weeks the mosquitoes have shown up. So we've been we've been pretty lucky. La, uh, the over the weekend we ran into you and your wife and kids at the uh, Edmonton Riverhawks game. Yeah, that was pretty fun. It was great. Go Riverhawks! No, it was it was a uh, <laughs> it was a great night. The uh, what a fun way to spend a Friday night. It yeah, was a good baseball. It was fun to watch. It was packed. I think there were like five thousand people there. Yeah, it was pretty full. Like yeah. not not like full to bursting, but but. Full enough. Full enough. Yeah, for that uh, for that uh, that stadium and or that field and uh, and they had a big fireworks show at the end. Oh, which that is the was kids, cool. The kids loved it and everybody loved it. It was everybody kind of if, for for those those of you who haven't gone to one of the Friday games, they, they at least this, in this at this this Friday that we went, um, they invited everybody on the field after the game was over and then they. Uh, you know, made sure the kids were all standing behind the first and the third baselines, and then started sending, started uh, shooting off fireworks. And then after the fireworks were done, the kids could and people could run around the field. And there were people tossing balls, throwing balls on the field. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, like That's when cool. you get further, got further back, they were. Uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. So it was a lot of fun. It was a real. Uh, it felt like a real community event and, uh, you know, good work to the Riverhawks. I think they were building something that's pretty cool and yeah. doesn't really doesn't really exist to this i mean it, it's it's got more of a it's more of a fun feel that you don't really get when you go to a big hockey game or something like that this is was it was smaller but it was outside yeah. and it was fun that Donovan Workin was the host. He does a good job. He was great. He? he was really great. Yeah. Who um many uh some of our listeners might might remember as the uh he played um uh, Jason Kenny in the uh, Hot Boy Summer. <laughs> Wet Hot Jason Summer. What was it called? I think it was hot. It was it was was it hot I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, it was based on Hot Something Summer. Yeah. Yeah. Hot, hot Alberta. I don't hot know. Alberta Summer. Why can't we remember that? Hang on. I got to look this up because it's going to drive me crazy. Anyway, he's a great local actor, does a lot of improv and uh, and acting, and he's he's very, very funny. He also is, he was sometimes on CBC, I think, on The Debaters. or Yeah, I think that's right. Hot Boy Summer. Hot Boy Summer. There you go. That's it. That's right. Yeah, and that was the uh, <laughs> Alberta uh, political comedy that was um, one of the local theater companies uh, had going here in, here in Edmonton. It, for And it like, toured in Calgary as well. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, it got great reviews. I did, unfortunately never got a chance to see it, but I, I heard... Uh, <laughs> I heard great things about it, and I heard it was it was a lot of fun. So maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll come up for uh, with a new uh, a new version for whatever comes next in Alberta politics. I, I know we have to we have a show to get to. Yeah, yeah. But um, there's a there's a um, not an influencer, and I, I, now I've completely forgotten her name because this is what happens when you're in your forties. But uh, an, a woman on TikTok who used to live in Alberta and now lives in New York. Oh, I know who you're talking about. She does Danielle and can, Smith, and I cannot remember her name, but I know she, who you're talking about. She's incredible. She does like the best Danielle Smith, like fake TikTok account that I've ever seen. So maybe they could cast her to be on 
hot girl summer when that finally gets made. Okay, well, yeah. we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll look up to see what uh, <laughs> what her name is and and uh, and put a link in the in the show notes for our uh, our listeners so you can go look at these these TikTok videos that uh, that that uh, Adam is talking about. So we got a we got a good show ahead of us today. Um, uh, but first, I want to go through and um, oh boy, thank. <laughs> Are many new paid subscribers. I'm overwhelmed. We have more than I think more than 330 paid subscribers right now to the Dayberta Substack. That's insane, and, man. which is great. Yeah, wow. and that, that's just paid subscribers. We have almost 3,000 regular subscribers. So I'm really, uh, really thrilled uh, and uh, very thankful for uh, for all your support. Whether it's uh, whether it's signing up as a paid subscriber and supporting us financially, which helps us, uh, you know, keep the podcast going, helps us keep the the, the Substack going. Uh, and the the weekly, most of the time weekly columns, sometimes more than weekly, uh, and um, and uh, of course thanks to to everybody who reads and everybody who regular subscribers as well, reading and sharing um, the you know the podcast and the Substack on social media and email forwarding it to your friends. Um, we're um, we're grateful for for all your support. So um, if you like what you hear today, uh, you know forward it to forward it to your friends, uh, share it uh, high and high and wide. High and wide. High and wide. That's that actually how I would describe myself this summer, okay. Dave. <laughs> high and wide. It's hot Adam summer here, <laughs> here in Edmonton. So thank you so much to, to I'm going to run through the list. Uh, and I'm like, I got most of your names. Some of you put, have email addresses that don't have names in them. So oh, I'm not yeah. going to read your email addresses out on the podcast. So if I don't read your name or miss you, I you know, know that I appreciate you. Um, so thanks, Cynthia, Allison, Gordon, Shannon, Jim. Greg, Aaron, Amanda, Ben, Sarah, Rebecca, Teresa, Dana, Lynn, Andrea Lee, Kara, Brent, Lynette, Kara, Dave, Morgan, Dan, Philip, Clark, Shirley, Marie, Carla, Carol, Gerald, Lewis, Brandy, Shannon, Henry, Nick, Jennifer, Sharon, Megan, Joel, Gord, Colleen, Danny, uh, Susan, Penny, Dennis, Rhonda, Jen, Stefan, Susan, Curtis, Kathy, Laura, Nathan, Dana, uh, Jane, Ken, Megan, Derek, Brad, Gordon, again, another Gordon, I think we have three Gordons, that's great, uh, and Quinn. So thank you so much for your, for your paid subscriptions, we really appreciate it, and uh, if you have any uh, uh, feedback on uh, you know what you hear today or what uh, what you read on the Substack. Feel free to leave a comment or just hit reply on the email, and I'll get your email and be happy to, uh, to strike up a conversation with you. Thanks to everyone for subscribing. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so we're in the depths of summer here in Alberta. Stampede season is on for those of you who celebrate, uh, and uh, so it's time for our annual Ask Me Anything episode of the Dayberta Podcast. So we reached out to our subscribers on the Daybird for the Daybird Substack, uh, and asked you to sh- ask you to send in your questions. Um, we were overwhelmed by the number of questions that came in. Thank you so much to everybody who sent in your questions. Um, we don't have time to answer every single question that was that was sent in uh, because in this podcast would be about four hours long. <laughs> and we just read all those names too. And, and we just read those names, so that was <laughs> at least half an hour. Um, but uh, but we picked uh, we picked a, a handful of questions that we're going to answer today. Uh, um, so we'll, uh, yeah, thanks everybody for sending in questions and here we go. All right. Uh, let's start with this question from Gomzi, which is a dope name. Uh, so I don't know if everybody like who listens to the pod now 
knows that we used to record it with Ryan Hassman. Yep. Um, who went on to work at the legislature uh, when Jason Kenney became premier. Yep. So Gomzi wants to know how Ryan is doing. And did, did you reach out to Ryan to I get did, an answer? I did reach out to Ryan, and I got a photo back, uh, a text message photo back of him uh, wearing uh, his best cowboy hat <laughs> and his best uh, stampede gear. And I think he's uh, having fun, uh, at the, uh, enjoying, his, uh, enjoying some time at the Calgary Stampede. I cannot confirm, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if Ryan has, uh, has signed up to do the uh, chuck wagon races. Yeah, um, that, he's, he's a very fond adventurous guy, yeah. and, I, and I think chuck wagon is probably his speed. Yeah. style yeah um so uh you know i can't confirm it but go look on the website and i wouldn't be surprised if ryan is competing in chuck wagon that he's probably in the top five i i think that's true but i i do know this for sure about ryan as a self-proclaimed monarchist mm-hmm. he prefers charles wagon charles oh, wagon the okay. third actually. okay charles wagon the third yeah yeah so yeah. that's that's how his, we have to do his, that. his royal highness <laughs> yes <laughs> All right. Thanks for the question, Gomzi. And I'm sure Ryan thanks you uh, for caring. Uh, Michael uh, Marr asks, who is the most surprising person who made cabinet and a critic role? This is interesting. So uh, a couple weeks after the election, uh, the provincial cabinet was appointed. The UCP won the election. The NDP formed the official opposition. So the UCP appointed uh, Daniel Smith announced a new cabinet, uh, and uh, the NDP under Rachel Notley announced uh, new critic roles, uh, getting ready for the well, for, for I mean, for the uh, the legislature coming up in in the fall. But the NDP have kind of not really skipped a beat, and. Uh, and um, have been putting out press releases kind of left, right, and center, getting their critics into their roles in the middle of the summer. Um, but speaking about who I'd find the most surprising appointed to cabinet, I wrote a piece, a column about this uh, about a week or so after the cabinet was appointed. And there are two people who kind of surprised me who I thought were actually smart to smart choices to put in the provincial cabinet uh, who weren't necessarily obvious choices to put into the cabinet. And the first one was Rick McIver, who's the MLA for Calgary Hayes. Now, McIver has been an MLA. He's one of the longest serving MLAs. And he's been in cabinet before. He's been in cabinet before. He was first elected as a progressive conservative in 2012. He was in Alison Redford's cabinet. He was uh, I believe he was in Jim Prentice's short-lived cabinet. I think so, yeah. He was in Jason Kenney's cabinet. Um, and he, before he was elected as an MLA, he was a city councillor. So he has a lot of governing experience, a lot of legislative experience. Um, and someone who's, I mean, out of the MLAs in Calgary, he probably has some of the high, higher name recognition in terms of individual MLAs, especially because there's been so much turnover in the number of and in, in the MLAs who've been elected and defeated over the past few terms. Right. Um, and I think he's he's probably I, I've described Rick McIver as one of the more underused resources inside the UCP caucus because think, of his knowledge and longevity. And absolutely. Stuff? Yeah. yeah. And. Um, and I think he's a, for by, all, by most accounts, he's a decent guy. He speaks plainly, and I don't mean that in a bad term. I mean that in a, he's, doesn't, he's not a hoity-toity, uh, power-hungry guy. Um, uh, but he was left out of Danielle Smith's cabinet when she became premier last year. And there was a bit of history, I think there was a bit of history going back in terms of uh, him being a progressive conservative in 2012 when Danielle Smith was defeated by the... Alison Redford PCs, in mm-hmm. or, you know, or failed to form government in 2012, and then um, McIver had, you know, warned the UCP not to become the Lake of Fire party very publicly. Speaking of Daniel Smith's history as well, Rose yeah, Leader. Um, but I do think that he was underused, and I think that you know, I mean, the UCP lost a lot of seats in Calgary. So if you're a UCP MLA in Calgary, you're probably going to be in cabinet. Or, you know, there's something. There's only three who aren't in cabinet. Um, but uh, I think McIver was was uh, was a good choice. Was but 
the one that was most surprising for cabinet was Jason Nixon. So Jason Nixon was brought into cabinet. He was you know, Jason Nixon, the MLA for Rimby, Rocky Mountain House Sundry, has been an MLA since 2015. He was a Wild Rose MLA. He was a, one, of the, one of the original UCP MLAs um, and was Jason Kenny's chief lieutenant mm-hmm. when Kenny was premier. He was like basically Kenny's right-hand man. And uh, he took a lot of heat from that, especially in his own riding. Um, from uh, people who were, you know, very vocal and a very mo- mobilized and motivated group who were opposed to, to COVID public health measures, who were co- opposed to vaccine mandates. Um, and uh, and not surprisingly, he was left out of cabinet when Daniel Smith became premier. He was, he was finance minister in the dying days of the Kenny government, and then yeah. he was booted out. It wasn't surprising. He had a big target on his back from the people who mo- mobilized to support Daniel Smith. Um, but he got reelected by a big majority, big margin in his riding. He had an independent candidate run against him who had a lot of name recognition, who was backed by some of these folks who opposed uh, Nixon. Um, and then Nixon ended up winning with, I think, almost 70% of the vote. So it was just a landslide. Not, not as big as a landslide as last time in 20, 2019, uh, but still a big landslide. But I think Jason Nixon actually has some pretty good political savvy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you may not agree with him with his politics, um, but I think he's politically probably pretty smart and... Uh, and um, someone that I think the UC people benefit from having back into cabinet and bringing back into cabinet. And uh, in terms of the critics that were uh, appointed in the, the NDP caucus, I mean, every NDP MLA was appointed to a critic role, <laughs> uh, which usually happens in, in provincial oppositions. But not um, in a, in a well, provincial opposition this size, Well, we don't right? usually have provincial oppositions, oppositions this size. There are 38 NDP MLAs. The official opposition is 38 MLAs yeah. large. Yeah. Um, like I think the previous large, the previous largest uh, opposition caucus was the Liberals back in '93, and that was 32, wow. and that was a high, kind of a high watermark for opposition size. Huh. Um, so you know we're not used to having big oppositions, but it's I think especially in 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 the NDP situation where they almost formed government and they believe they form we're going to form government and. Many of these candidates who ran, especially the NDP candidates who won in Calgary, because they won 14 seats in Calgary. Yeah. Some of these candidates, when they were nominated as NDP candidates a year ago or six months ago, they were probably under the impression or they were given the impression or they truly believed that they'd be cabinet ministers right now. Yeah. So right now, um, I mean, one of the big, uh, big things that Rachel Notley needs to do is create stability in her caucus and kind of ease those... Um, uh, ease any disappointment from especially those Calgary MLAs who wanted to be who expected to be cabinet ministers and expected to be in government and uh, you know make sure that they uh, they have a role to play and a meaningful role to play in the NDP opposition and that's why I think that there's the NDP did something really interesting I also wrote a column about this a couple of weeks ago about how the NDP have paired in four cases rookie MLAs with veteran NDP MLAs who've been most three of whom I think three of whom have been cabinet ministers in the past. Okay. Um, in op, in different critic roles, so they've split. They're splitting the critic roles. So in finance, you have Shannon Phillips, the MLA for Lethbridge West, who's a um, who was a, a minister, who was the finance critic in the last legislature, and was a environment minister in the NDP government. She's paired with um, uh, Samir Kande, who's uh, also a, also a finance critic, and they've kind of split the finance role. Um, Kathleen Ganley and Najwan Al Ganid are now uh, critics around energy and climate change, kind of kind of sharing the roles, and, but having different responsibilities with that within that. Sarah Hoffman and Kyle Kososki are doing municipal affairs. Kyle Kososki was elected um, as the MLA for Sherwood Park. Yeah. Um, and David Shepard and uh, Dr. Luann Metz are kind of splitting the health 
uh, critic role. And Luann Metz was um, like uh, their she's ringer. A, she's a, yeah, well, yeah. She's, she's a physician. She was she was a professor at um, at the UFC. She won in Calgary Varsity. She actually defeated the previous health minister, uh, Jason Copping, in right. Calgary Varsity. Wow. So they're kind of splitting these roles, which I think is actually kind of smart because then it gives you know some of these higher profile new candidate new MLAs. Um, a meaningful role without displacing some of the veteran, you know, front benchers kind of thing. But it also allows them to, you know, share and learn and stuff. And I think there's a, probably a bit of a mentorship going on there as well. Yeah, maybe for like changes in careers down the road. Yeah, because not all these M- NDP MLAs who served as cabinet ministers back in 2015 to 2019 are going to want to run again in 2027, right? Because they're yeah. going to be going into their, you know, if they run again, they'll be going into their fourth terms or fifth terms in some cases. So, you know, you know, people have lives and they yeah. don't necessarily want to do this forever. So those are the ones that that's, that surprised me, Michael. Thanks for the great question. Great question.